0: Hello listeners, I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Valina.
0: And we're just a couple of horror fans making a horror podcast. Welcome to This House Was Never Meant To Be A Podcast. We're going to be covering all of the horror anthology shows that we can get our hands on. And today, we'll be continuing Tales from the Dark Side with the episode Grandma's Last Wish.
1: And I sure wish I didn't watch that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, these characters do not stop yelling. They are literally yelling throughout the entire episode, and it is so annoying.
0: Mm-hmm. It is a test of patience. It is not even that great to compensate for it. So the ultimate problem with this episode is, I mean, spoiler alert, we don't like it, but <laughs> <laughs> I think you can probably gauge that pretty quickly. But first, let's sink our talons into the Cretans responsible for this nightmare.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, uh, well, actually, I'm going to tell you who the writer... I usually write it down, who the writer, director, and producer for each episode is. I just don't really say who it is, because Mm. unless it's, like, someone who did something really interesting, like Michael McDowell, I like to point him out. Otherwise, it's usually the same handful of producers and directors This time around we have Jewel Selbo, who's the writer, and she's actually a woman. So, Hmm. she actually did write this episode, as well as quite a lot of other things. I actually noticed on her, like, IMDB page that she had a lot of Disney sequels under her belt. Uh, You know, um, (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to judge them. I didn't watch them. And when I was little, the handful of Disney sequels that I did watch, I liked. You know, they're intended for kids. They're not necessarily as well-loved by adults as well, uh, you know, because they're sequels and they're not nostalgic. But... I mean, I watched all the Aladdin movies when I was little and liked them just fine. Anyway, she is a woman writer, but this is not to her credit because this episode was horrible. (laughs) Although I do want to say this might be the director, but this episode, if it does anything right, it is literally the family dynamics outside of the weird supernatural things that basically occur in this episode. the family dynamics are kind of realistic. It really tries to capture the chaos of just everyday family life I guess in 80s middle-class family life with a kind of obnoxious teenager and, like, these people, like, yelling at each other while none of them are necessarily malicious. They're a bit snarky to one another, but in a kind of realistic way, like, they're all kind of getting on each other's nerves, but they're not unrealistic. For example, word processor of the gods, mm-hmm. right? Where everyone's reactions are extreme and everyone is kind of extreme. These guys are not like that. Like, the daughter is, like, a teenager. She's kind of annoying. I mean, no, no, they are all annoying and I hate every single one of them, but only because they don't stop yelling. If they were not yelling, this would be a normal kind of family. They're not horrible. They're kind of funny. They're kind of rude. They're just normal. So at least hats off to that. This feels like a kind of realistic family. Everyone looks kind of normal. But yeah, so there's not anyone particular in this episode that feels like they were a star, you know, hidden gem hiding here. The only one I could actually... I mean, they all had little parts to play in different things. The grandma, her name's Jane Connell. She was played several characters, like, side characters, I guess, in the original Bewitched series. One of them being Mother Goose, which is one of the few episodes I actually watched. And a lot of them have been in other things. I'm not really going to get into them until we reach them in the episode, which I find more interesting than just giving you, like, a list of everyone. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to them. But there's only five people in this episode. So we have a larger cast than the last couple episodes, which have like what one or two people tops. Mm-hmm. What was the last episode? Like Bigelow's a Lot of Smoke. There was like two people, three if you count the dude in the- The wall. The wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So this isn't just like a duet of, of actors here. There's actually a little bit of a cast, so.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a bit of an ensemble piece. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it adheres to- the principles of theater being like simplicity of cast, simplicity of timing, simplicity of space, or it's all in one location with a very few amount of characters and a very short amount of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it takes place over the course of like a day or two or a couple of days, maybe.
0: It takes a week.
1: Does it? Oh <laughs> my god, you're right.
0: But still, uh, I mean, it depends on your scope of time.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's
0: a fairly short amount of time.
1: Alrighty, um, what the heck is in this episode? What happens? Why is it horrible? Let's okay. get started. <laughs> so sort of the first second.
0: Okay, so the episode opens on a black record player playing some old vaudeville music, and we're looking at some old black and white photos just to show how much of a dinosaur grandma is. <laughs> so the camera pans over some old black and white photos that we don't know who they are yet. And we hear snoring. And then the camera shows that it's grandma. And I'm going to speed forward a little bit just because it's just such a absolute cluster of things happening.
1: Yeah. And none of them are important. It is literally just yelling about things that just straight up don't matter.
0: Oh, yeah. Like the second half of this episode has nothing to do with the first half.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of sets up. I guess the family dynamics. Grandma's snoring. The daughter comes in just scree- screaming and yelling about stuff. Like, I don't even know what it was about. It just doesn't really matter. She was
0: asking where her mom was.
1: Oh, okay. Because they're, like, talking about the phone or something. And, like, she wants to call her boyfriend. And, like, mom's like,
0: no, I have to call her. Whose name is Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The name Buzz always pulls up a very specific mental image. Like the Any... High school
1: bully with the buzz cut.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, wasn't wasn't Kevin McAllister's older brother yes, Buzz? Yes,
1: yes, yes. That, that is the
0: image I get for anybody named Buzz.
1: Yeah, like forever. That's, that's Buzz. So I'm I'm just assuming since she's probably the same age as that kid Kevin McAllister that that is who she's calling.
0: <laughs> and then we see the mom come back inside from an exercise thing, and and. She was going jogging and the teen daughter says like, oh, finally made it around the yard. <laughs> and her mom just gives her like a, an angry glare. But I feel like that was probably of all the parts in this episode, that was probably the funniest.
1: Yeah, they have these kind of funny back and forth banters and like snarky comments. They're they're pretty funny, actually. But
0: there is some comedy that just falls so flat on its face.
1: yeah. <laughs> Oh, and since these actresses have arrived, um, I already mentioned that Grandma was played by Jane Connell, but the mom, whose name, the, the character's name is actually May, she's Kate McGregor-Stewart. She played in some small roles, but most notably, she played in School of Rock as Miss Lemons and in the Adams Family as that lady that Morticia was talking to when she was trying to get a job. And Greta, the little girl, is played by a girl called Kelly Wolf, which is a cool name. And she played Carly Height in Grey's Anatomy. And I don't know if that's a small part or a big part. But she played Jane in The Graveyard Shift, which is pretty cool. She was in a Stephen King adaptation.
0: Nice. So the mom comes in from working out and then she goes to the phone. And for some reason, the person calling them is... Calling them about their house being demolished. In what I'm assuming is an attempt at absurdist humor.
1: Yeah. Over the phone. Literally hears a bulldozer. Like, what? It's like, what? Why is this happening? You can't just bulldoze someone's house without their permission.
0: Yeah, it's. it feels like it's supposed to be a joke. It doesn't really feel like it lands.
1: Yeah, it's like all this weird chaos is happening. But... You know why it doesn't land? It's because they're. But all of them are yelling. Like, all of these characters are all yelling at the same time. The girl's yelling if she wants the phone for herself because she's waiting for Buzz to call her. The mother's yelling to be heard over her daughter's yelling and the grandma yelling because the grandma's also yelling about not being able to find olives. <sighs> and, of course, she's yelling because the person on the other side of the phone is presumably yelling because she can hardly hear her over the sound of the bulldozer destroying her house. So it's... Noise. Yeah, it's a whole lot of noise and it's, it's really annoying right off the bat.
0: Mm -hmm. despite
1: the fact that the characters themselves aren't doing anything they are not behaving in an annoying way outside of the volume of their voice well and talking over one another but and
0: the girl is also (sighs) cartwheeling for no reason
1: well it's not for no reason The, the little girl she is a what is who is it
0: She's like a gymnast. Yeah, like. she's like
1: she, okay, the girl the little girl is a gymnast, so she's like an acrobat or whatever. So she keeps doing like bar backflips and like cartwheels and whatever all throughout the house. Like she doesn't move like a like a foot without doing a flip. And the grandma actually seems to be really proud of her. She's like, Oh, I'll buy you dance lessons. You have so much talent And they're just like Oh yeah, and another thing. I guess this is kind of annoying too. They're like utterly ignoring what the grandma is saying. She's talking about olive, she's talking about dance lessons and they aren't even paying they're not even acknowledging that she is speaking.
0: Honestly though, to tell you the truth, if anybody was as two note as the grandma was, I'd ignore them too <laughs> even if they were right in front of me. But the, that's it's so just...
1: rude. Like she probably has like Alzheimer's or some sort of form of dementia because she's explicitly shown to have like memory problems because the mother in between yelling at her daughter and yelling on the phone says, oh, grandma, you forgot to turn the sink off again. You left it running again, you know, so she clearly has problems with her memory. And even then she's talking about the olives that she can't find them and she looked everywhere. So she's got she's got memory problems. And and even still, I just like no excuse to, like, ignore someone. But apparently they think it is.
0: Yeah. So not only that, are they on the phone with a bulldozer and and grandma talking, trying to talk to everybody while they're on the phone and and talking to each other? The girl's also screaming and it's just constant noise. And I, uh, (laughs) I I can't even talk about this episode without just wincing at the memory yeah, anyway. so,
1: either way it's a whole lot of nothing really that's happening mm-hmm. because like none of this scene I mean it, I guess it does matter because it's literally showing you the family dynamics mm. but again it is really annoying and there's nothing really important like plot wise happening because after this whole part happens, it just is made clear that the grandma is being ignored and the all like to yell. Because the next scene occurs and this is actually where the plot, plot kind of starts. But it does, I guess, set the stage for the grandma having memory issues and everyone yelling and ignoring her.
0: Once the scene changes, and, and and keep in mind, the last scene is filled with jokes like, Shut up, Grandma! I'm on the phone! And, you know, everybody's screaming, so ha, ha it's funny, because the grandma's not yelling, but everyone else no, is. No, she was totally yelling. Yeah, She just
1: wasn't as loud as the others. Yeah. yeah the other two had, had really screechy, high-pitched yells, while the grandma has, like, a lower voice. But they are all yelling. <laughs> Oh, and the freaking TV was on, too, just to make things worse. And then, halfway through, the the, the daughter goes upstairs because she's mad she can't get the phone. The music is playing really loud. So we didn't even cover how insanely annoying this whole scene is. <laughs> but either way, nothing important was happening anyway. It was just as annoying as humanly possible.
0: Yeah, and then the next scene, we see the table set. And, and I noticed that there's like a bowl. It's supposedly filled with bran, but it just looks like sesame sticks. Yeah. It's just so he sticks in a dry bowl and, and just glasses set up here and there. And then we know which which part of the table was grandma's because it's the only one with olives.
1: No, those were in the middle of the table at first. And she reaches over and grabs them. Yeah, So she the real them. question
0: is why in the world would they set olives because at the would, breakfast honestly, table? Honestly, it might
1: be because she was asking for them. Because she wanted the olives. They probably just put the olives on the table so she would eat them. You know, which again... This is probably an important thing to note. None of these people are, like, particularly malicious. They may be rather neglectful to the grandma, but they do not dislike her. I mean, they don't hate her. (laughs) They kind of dislike her. But they aren't, like, going out of their way to be mean to her. Like, they put Mm. the olives in a place where she could easily reach them and have them readily available. And it was probably (laughs) because she was talking about them earlier. So even though they were utterly ignoring what she was saying they actually did put the olives on the table at least i assume they did it because no one wanted the bran this this disgusting looking cereal and she kind of assumed that all of them should eat it you know she was like oh you're not eating your bran and it's like who the world would eat that it looks disgusting but since none of them were eating it, it makes me wonder if she didn't set the table herself so like who would have put it there it wasn't the dad and it wasn't the little girl so it was either the mom or the grandma and I don't remember if the mom was eating bran. I know the grandmother was.
0: I think the mom ends up eating one of the donuts. But uh, that's a little further ahead. Well, we slightly. See, we
1: like see, a second or two.
0: We see that she'd spilled orange juice on the table, and she's cleaning it up with the paper towels that she oh. didn't tear away from the Yeah, that's the how the next
1: scene starts. She's like, yeah, cleaning the orange juice, and it just kind of like shows that the this long line of paper towels from the counter... You know, the roll where the paper towels are hung all the way to the table. She just grabbed it and pulled it all the way there and it didn't break until some part later. She just kind of pulls a little harder and the whole thing comes gently flopping to the floor. And she just starts putting the rest of them in her pocket. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's how it starts.
0: And then after that, we are introduced to the father who, if you've seen... A few of these episodes of this series, you know exactly what this dude already looks like before he even walks in.
1: Yeah, he's he he's is father every man, <laughs>
0: somewhat tan, balding, kind of Italian looking dude, like Trevor Achmonic. If <laughs> you've seen who, how he looks, Alf. if you also uh, watch
1: '80s TV <laughs> shows,
0: <laughs> the Trevor Achmonic look is so incredibly common in this series, mm-hmm. and this dad looks no different.
1: Yes. Oh, and he's played by a man named Paul Avery, and he played uh, the best thing, I guess, that, I mean, that I've seen that he's played in is random TV cameraman in the original Superman with that one guy. Who Christopher played. Reeves. Christopher Reeves. Yes, thank you. He played uh, in that movie as, like, you know, some rando. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's more movies than I played in, so I'm not trying to put them down.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, um, what happens after this is she starts bringing up this... I don't remember what was the descriptor for the floorboard on the porch. It was like a rotten floorboard. She just said, oh,
1: did you fix it?
0: And he keeps telling her, like, "Eh, yeah, I'm going to fix it. Get off my back." And she has a great response to that. She's like, I'm your mother. That's where I belong.
1: (laughs) On his back.
0: But that's kind of a recurring gag. That doesn't go anywhere is fixing that patio board.
1: Yeah, it was like I think that was it was on the porch, so I assume it's like the front porch. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it wouldn't really be a tripping hazard. I assume none of these guys go into the backyard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so after that, he tries to grab a donut and she's like slaps his hand and then
1: oh- it's not even that. He picks up the whole tray, and, and he he's, like, holding the tray. He puts his hand to grab a donut from the tray he's holding, and she just slaps, like, his hand that also is slapping the whole donut tray. And it, like, <laughs> smashes the donut. I don't even know if one goes flying off. And like, then she,
0: like, pulls it away from him and, like, eat your bran.
1: It's just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, come on.
0: It's like what <laughs> the donut. Tho- grandma, those are twigs.
1: <laughs> eat your sticks.
0: You stole a bird nest from the backyard, Grandma. so he's eating his white nuts
1: (laughs) 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 and of course you definitely also watch TV Maxwell right (laughs) this isn't some obscure joke I believe
0: okay so then we're reintroduced to Greta who is the daughter and she is wearing this oh like, God, she's like punk 80s outfit.
1: It I would but say But not a cool
0: punk 80s outfit. Yeah, I would
1: say that she's dressed like some kind of a stereotypical hooker. <laughs> if she wasn't wearing like a thousand layers. <laughs> like she's it looks like she's wearing like a pink three-quarter sleeve shirt underneath a like denim-colored, bluish, button-up vest that has a collar. She has, like, a leather, like, metal spike-studded choker on. She's got this garish, knee-length leopard skirt and, like, black leggings underneath that. And I'm pretty sure she's, like, wearing tennis shoes and leg warmers or something. And her hair is, like, pulled up to the very top of her head and it's just like a giant
0: push it's like a puff. it's a
1: puff up there and, and on top of that she's got like a bandana on so she is wearing so much stuff and i i don't even remember what her hands look like but she's definitely wearing like fingerless <laughs> gloves and like multiple bangle like things on there like she is wearing the absolute most so like of course the family is like horrified with what she's wearing and I don't blame them you know and i think the idea is that she's you know with the like leopard skirt or whatever i think it's like oh she's wearing something really like revealing, outrageous.
0: Or... It's outrageous. That's the but aim I, of it. Is
1: but I feel like that idea, like, oh, you're not going out wearing that. Like it's like scandalous to wear something you know that could be taken as
0: provocative.
1: Provocative. Thank you. But it, there's nothing provocative about it. She is just like a 80s disco themed clown. You know, <laughs> I I cannot believe what she is wearing. I mean, I do love the sheer volume of her hair, though. But, yeah, I mean, what she's wearing, though, my gosh, I wouldn't want my daughter just that. Like, be like, please, honey, like, wear this bikini. Like, don't wear that. (laughs) Dang, have some dignity when you leave this house. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So, yeah, the grandma ends up nagging her a bit about not only what she's wearing, but not eating Bran as well. And then the daughter complains to the dad about it within earshot of the grandma.
1: Well, maybe. I mean, in the earlier scene, she was, like, screaming at her and she couldn't hear a thing. So she is kind of not within
0: earshot. Yeah, but so it's really inconsistent with that, though. Eh, like, really true. inconsistent with that before the catalyst. So yeah. I don't know how much credence to put into that because it, it seems like they weren't keeping track. Yeah, so then the mom comes in and we see that the mom is in, like, a suit... Mm. With ruffles, I I feel like that's not a very typical office attire. But
1: it's like she's like wearing like an eighties female power suit, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of got like the pencil skirt, kind of a I don't even know if it's a pencil skirt, but it's like a skirt and has like the white button up shirt underneath. But it's ruffled, so it's feminine and Mm. like this just kind of stiff looking jacket that matches the skirt. Uh You know, she's definitely a businesswoman and probably the one bringing home the bread because she's got her suitcase, which she very explicitly sets right behind the chair. Definitely not a slipping hazard.
0: And you you better remember that, because that's important that we're going to get to later.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
0: like a Chekhov's gun.
1: Chekhov's suitcase.
0: (laughs) So, after that, the mom grabs the donut, and this is the only person that grandma doesn't seem to mind eating the donut, I noticed. (laughs) Everybody else, she's mad about not eating the brand, but... The mom, she's totally okay with the donuts.
1: Maybe it's because the mom actually exercises. Because the dad, he... he Oh,
0: like like the daughter doesn't do gymnastics?
1: Well, Well, here's the thing. With the son, she likes to nag him. And with the granddaughter, she sees the granddaughter as kind of like a young version of herself. Just doing the wrong things. Because... Even though she's super proud of her talent for being super flexible and, like, athletic, she wants her to dance like she did when she was young. But Mm. the granddaughter doesn't want to dance. She wants to be a gymnast. It's just the grandma thinks that's, like, beneath her. Like, she's, oh, like a monkey off the, like, swinging off the bars, you know, which isn't really endearing of the grandma. It's like, just be happy that she's being athletic, you know? She's doing something with her talent. She's just not dancing.
0: Oh, but don't worry. We'll get to the grandma soon enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's why she doesn't want the granddaughter to eat the donut, because she wants her to be fit like her when she was young, and the the dad, she probably sees as just being lazy and not, therefore, able to eat food, because he isn't going to do anything to, like, work it off. Well, the mother, even though she's, like, kind of, like, husky, I guess, she is, like, exercising, so out of, Mm -hmm. like, you know, she's definitely healthier than her husband, so it's sort of like, well, you can have a donut, because you're literally going to go exercise it off, you know, and probably even work it off at work with your brain power. (laughs) You know, maybe she's like a lawyer or something. I don't know.
0: But then after that, with the introduction, grabbing the donut and setting her suitcase down for eventual hopeful murder, she then also jokes about the daughter's outfit because, you know, that that was just so funny the first (laughs) two times. But
1: actually, it was kind of funny. It's like, did you sleep hanging upside down? Yeah, And it's like, you know, it does look like that, but uh, it's like, thanks for the compliment, Grandma.
0: (laughs) So after that, the Grandma then shuffles on without her walker, which was an important thing Mm -hmm. that she has to walk with a walker, but she decides to not walk with a walker this time.
1: And the Mom is like, Grandma, use your walker, you know, and it's like. She's saying it kind of like angry cuz they're always kind of yelling but she's like it was more like a con-
0: confused concern. Yeah,
1: because she's like type that thing. is what she needs to walk and balance. She's like, "Hey, know? hey
0: grandma, use your walker." Like-
1: yeah. So it's like another sort of it's it's just one of those things. It's an example of that this family actually cares about one another. You know, they may show it in like really annoying ways like yelling at one another but like they do care you know even the grandma telling them to eat the brown is you know example of caring even if it is kind of annoying to everyone involved because like first of all don't tell me to eat these rocks um and secondly just don't tell me what to do
0: Mm -hmm. so she shuffles along and then she ends up tripping on the suitcase and the dad manages to catch her before she hits the ground Mm -hmm. which I still feel like it would hurt her to some degree. But like, depending on how old you are, a sudden stop will still hurt.
1: Yeah, but it would be easier on her, like, bones if she was to oh, fall yeah, yeah. onto another person. Versus, but like, that'd
0: be the... still very strenuous, for sure.
1: Well, yeah. But again, like, she could have broken her hip or, like, her, like, her head or something if you landed real hard on the floor.
0: And, yeah. and this kitchen scene I want to mention is, at this point, when she trips, we get a lot of close-ups. <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't like close-ups, like, really close close close-ups. They make anybody uncomfortable. I mean, who likes talking to somebody, like, nose-to-nose? So, it's, uh, it does get a little uncomfortable when, like, all three of them are just staring at the camera, looking at Grandma, and then Grandma's also pretty close-up from their perspective. And the Grandma doesn't even acknowledge that she almost tripped. Yeah, And she goes on about being a dancer and stuff, and... And, and then they poke more fun at the daughter, and she has to leave for school, and they joke about her smelling like horse manure.
1: But... Yeah, I just, like, make fun of her perfume or something.
0: Yeah, and then this is the big point of the episode, when the parents pretty much quite literally corner the grandma against the fridge and basically tell her that somebody's coming over and that she should consider what they have to say and that's basically a lead in into our next scene with the old folks home guy
1: yeah but it's kind of clear that they had been planning this for a while cuz he actually says when he had lifted her up from the ground like maybe you should think about what i what we were talking about before so they were planning on having her go to, like, an old folks' home. And they had actually talked with the grandma before. So, like you said, they had her cornered up against the the, the fridge. And it's a really sad scene, really, because she mentioned something about, like, olives or not having lettuce or something. Because during this whole scene, the grandma was, like, kind of nagging everyone about everything. And, like, I don't want to necessarily say nagging. It is what she's doing, because this is really what the show does with... There's always, like, a woman character or a wife character who's, like, a, a nag. But... In this one, she's definitely that character, but she's more sympathetic because everyone is ignoring her about it, you know? So it's it's, it's easier to feel bad for her because it's like no one's paying attention to her anyway, you know? And it's sort of like, of course you're going to repeat yourself multiple times when no one is listening to you. So of course you're going to sound like a nag, but... It's sad because she mentions whatever it was, and then they kind of come closer to her. Like, oh, grandma, you know, trying to bring the subject back to the old folks' home. And she immediately, like, drops the subject. Like, oh, I don't I don't need lettuce. I, I won't even talk about lettuce anymore. And it's like she's trying to, like, backpedal with everything she had been saying so they won't send her to the home. And it's just really sad because she's, like, super cornered. You know, like, physically cornered and, you know, metaphorically cornered with them saying she's going to go to the old folks' home essentially against her will. And it's... It's really kind of sad, you know, (laughs) but...
0: But they could have done it so much better than they did.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it is kind of hard to feel sad for the grandma later on. Okay, like, right now, it's sort of like, I feel really bad for her. And then later, it's sort of like, I feel less bad for her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the next scene is the old folks home guy giving a slideshow presentation to... The family about this old folks home, and you know a character is incredibly insincere when they have a happy face pin on their shirt. Like I don't know why that's a such a big thing yeah, for dude, that. But he's a like...
1: comedian from the Watchmen. You know, in his <laughs> spare time. Okay, like he is a slimy, like clearly awful person.
0: Yeah, you'll, you'll get tired of smiling.
1: Mm-hmm. A... Like I bet you will. <laughs>
0: But the uh, it's called Tranquil Gardens, which I think is pretty funny. They have a very strict formula of names for old folks' homes, like mm-hmm. Shady Pines.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. This game is played by Gregory... Itzen, and i just gotta mention he played on both the airplane movies he was a, like a background character but he was in both of them okay so that's mm. pretty cool he also was in uh several other really kind of cool things like once upon a time firefly he was in the movie evolution as cartwright so he was like a named character in that mm. and also uh, he played in the infamous i know who killed me
0: oh yeah mm-hmm so, they keep going on with all these things and, like, all the photos of the old folks. There's always at least one person who's not smiling in the <laughs> photos, which I think is pretty funny. But I'm almost sure it wasn't intentional, but it is pretty funny if it is. So, they talk about all of the things, including costs. Oh and gosh. he says that the baseline price is just six hundred and forty nine ninety nine a month. In like 1983. Oh, and I want to mention something very important about this scene. It feels like the characters almost do a 180 in like how they're characterized and that they're all seeming fairly normal
1: Yeah, And
0: this is a point in the episode where you really note the character change.
1: Yeah. And this is what's sort of sad is that like during this scene, it's a really kind of depressing scene because like the grandma is like sitting alone on her little chair and like the family is sitting on a sofa. Um, even, even the little girl, like she's present for this as well. And of course the guy, the, the slimy salesman, um, his name, I believe is Newton. I'm not really sure if he introduced himself, but they're all kind of on one side. So she seems like really extra alone and she looks like she is going to start crying. Like she is just so unhappy and she's like so alone and she does not have a say in this and it is clear that this dude is like a giant slime ball. you can really feel this sort of pressure and like the hopelessness in this scene and it's just like i said pretty depressing and the family they're aware of this though they're not like soup they're acting happy like oh yeah isn't this sound, like fun but when the man brings her the grandma the the contract to sign to go over there they all fall, like, seriously, like, really quiet, and they all look down. Like, they feel guilty. That That's actually guilt. Like, they feel bad about this. They know she doesn't want to go. They're aware of that, and they feel bad about it. But from their perspective, the grandma is suffering from memory problems, and we've seen at least two examples of this. She can't hear. They're always you know, having to scream at her for her to hear them. Uh, most of the time anyway. And of course, there is, I mean, I'm not going to like say they're 100% innocent only or thinking of her. Like they're annoyed by her and they don't really have the time of day for her. They don't want to bother with that. But at the very least, they do feel guilty and they are aware of her feelings on this. They just believe it's best for her and, you know, them <laughs> that she goes to this old folks home. And probably to alleviate their own guilt, they you know, say what they say next, doggy. I don't mean yeah. to, like, take over for you there.
0: <laughs> the glad hand guy leaves.
1: Glad hands.
0: Well, I mean, technically, the phrase glad hand means to, like, smile and shake someone's hand but be completely insincere about it. Yeah. But that guy leaves, and they basically propose that they should, because he's going to pick them up a week later, that they're going to make this week the best week. And the dad... D- proposes that she should make a wish and they'll try their best to make it come true. And the grandma ends up saying like, oh, I have a wish. And then
1: not saying it <laughs> and
0: not saying it. And then the dad's like, oh, how can we grant your wish if you're not going to tell us what it is? And and then in her mind, she says, oh, I have a wish. And then cut to the next scene that we really don't get to hear grandma's last wish. And then the next scene Oh, okay. is like a cutaway to the family acting fairly pleasant, despite the fact they're a little obnoxious. Yeah. So, like, the mom is mopping the kitchen floor, no, I think?
1: I think it's the bathroom? No, because there's... Is it like a pantry? There's like some room off to the side of the kitchen, because the little girl is sitting on the... She's like doing homework, asking about like the Nixon presidency and Watergate and all that stuff. She's sitting at the table, and the kitchen is technically this way. It's just... because
0: she's doing homework. That, yeah, that...
1: <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know where the heck the mother is, but she's like, wow. Maybe the it's floor. a laundry room. Maybe I think it is.
0: But she's she's mopping the floor, and she's kind of ignoring the daughter and giving her really bad answers for uh, the questions she's asking. It's like, oh, when was uh, Nixon president? And then the mom's like, when I was pregnant with you, which,
1: which is why you turned out so weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's like, why make her do that extra math? I
1: know, just tell her a year, darn it.
0: (laughs) And then the mom, like, kind of does a faux commercial for how shiny the floor is, and, like, she goes into the laundry room to, like, exemplify the floor, and then she slips and twists her ankle. Yeah, and then she screams, and then the daughter runs in there and tries to help her up, and then she ends up dropping her and, I guess, hurting her a little more. Mm -hmm. And then the grandma comes in and accidentally kicks the bucket onto the mom.
1: Yeah, she like with her walker hits the bucket and like the bucket just like splashes her.
0: And and then that's incident number 1. Mhm. Um it's treated fairly normally by the grandma. And and, and that is going to be something we're going to need to keep track of because grandma's reactions to this are uh, they're a little interesting. mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. And this so- is essentially where the fall of grandma's uh, sympatheticness
0: <laughs> like,
1: starts to begin here. Because at least here, when the, the mom falls, the, mom, the mom's name, the character's name is May. I think I might have mentioned that earlier, but I probably won't call her that again. She's just <laughs> the mom. She actually runs in there to see if she's okay. So she actually shows some, some concern.
0: So then the grandma, it's like cut to a next scene where the grandma is folding laundry and then the mom comes down with an ankle brace and she's and struggling cane. to carry the laundry down the flight of stairs. Yeah, she spills the laundry as she's going down and like ends up dropping the basket and the grandma's just like kind of sitting there folding the laundry and it's kind of like, <laughs> just yeah, she's smiling and like.
1: She's literally enjoying the mother's suffering.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And then the daughter comes in and she tells her that, like, oh, she's been practicing a lot of gymnastic stuff. And the mom tells her, like, oh, when I was your age, right, the daughter, she's like, oh, what are you, like, a thousand years old? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The dad ends up coming in and the mom, (sighs) the mom ends up being very nagging. Mm-hmm. which she wasn't really before
1: yeah it's probably because she's in pain when mm-hmm. you're in pain it makes you put you in like a worse mood and it just makes you kind of like less pleasant to be around
0: but she basically accosts the dad as he comes in and she's like oh did you get the groceries and he's like i forgot and she's like also did you fix that rotten floorboard i almost landed on my rump and almost Rumped killed my myself <laughs> and he's like sound like my mom.
1: (laughs) Because, I don't know if we mentioned it, but earlier in, like, the kitchen scene, the grandma was talking about the rotten porch steps. So, Mm. that's, like, a direct parallel. Like, oh, she's acting like the mother, the grandma.
0: And then the daughter shows off to the dad her new routine, and she, like, tries to cartwheel down the stairs. And, like, at the bottom two steps, she slips and kind of lands on... Her, like, shoulder. Mm-hmm. So the parents rush to go help her, and she says she must have pulled something in her neck. And meanwhile, the grandma's sitting there with the laundry. She's like... <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it.
1: it's like, okay, that is her granddaughter who, up until this point, she had seemed to like because she liked the fact that she had a lot of talent. I mean, they had, like, the little issues, but she seemed to like the granddaughter. And all of a sudden, she seems like... Really pleased that she hurt herself. Like, she hurt her neck. She is a gymnast. Like, now she's not even gonna be able to do that because of her injury, and the grandma's happy about it. It's like, what the heck is wrong with you? So, it's now harder to feel sympathy for the grandma because. She is literally taking pleasure in her family suffering, and I, I do understand that you know the first thing you have to go to the old folks' home, so I can understand some level of wanting to have like a bit of a take that. But the granddaughter, she's like what maybe fourteen. She does not deserve to be injured or anything like she, she had nothing to do with that you know she's a kid she doesn't have the ability to force the grandma to do anything so the fact that she's taking pleasure in watching your granddaughter suffer is just really mean spirited because the, the the granddaughter didn't do anything to her
0: yeah and then uh we get to the next scene and they're having dinner and they just Complaining. I mean, let's be It's not really a whole other point for this scene, other than them just complaining about them hurting. Because looking back on it, it's it's not really a useful scene. Mm-mm.
1: The only thing I can think of is the fact that it just shows that the dad loves his family you know cuz he's like oh how are you feeling grandma you know how are you feeling mom cuz that's his mom and she's like oh i'm feeling fine and he's like oh that's good you know i don't want my i don't want all my ladies to be in pain because you know the, the little girl she's hurt, her neck hurts she doesn't want to wear a neck brace the mom you know she hurt ankles like sprained or whatever and she's hurting that you know he just that's just like a little bit of love that he shows so it's sort of like oh look you know he may be kind of lazy and forgetful but you know he does love his family
0: and then he takes their dishes
1: yeah and he's gonna go to and, the dishes. and then
0: he he just trips in the other room and that's kind of the end of the scene it's not like that tripping in the other room leads to like permanent damage Yeah, it like it did with the other two so it really feels like the scene was pointless other than to further establish how much complaining these characters can do, Mm -hmm. which is so much fun to keep up with. Yeah. So we go further. We get a full-on half-a-minute scene of Greta drinking a glass of milk with a neck brace that says, I heart buzz. (laughs) It is an uninterrupted shot of her throwing back a glass of milk.
1: I mean, it's not really that long. It's just a little too long, you know?
0: <laughs> it's a television show with 22 minutes to work with.
1: I think, I think, honestly. That is
0: a long time for television.
1: True. But I think they just wanted to show off that stinking uh, neck brace. Like, oh, look, this little 14-year-old has to wear a neck brace, you know? And it also says, I heart buzz on it because she's also kind of a geek. <laughs> not even a geek. I mean, I don't know. What would you even call that? She's got, like, the name of her crush a written dork. on there. Yeah, she's a bit of a dork. But it's kind of interesting because the dad comes in and like, I guess they're having breakfast and he starts pouring milk for like the mom and the little girl Mm. and the grandma covers her glass with her hand like she doesn't want milk. And I don't really know what a point of that is. Like I almost want to say, because the grandma seems more energetic each scene she's in, like she's somehow gaining energy, the more family's suffering. (laughs) But I wonder if the previous scene isn't to say, oh, look, she isn't hurting when she's old and should be hurting, you know, or complaining about something. But her family's the ones complaining. And now it's like, oh, the mom and the little girl, they're drinking milk for strong bones when the grandma doesn't need that anymore. She's got bones of steel, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't really know what the purpose of that was because it's a very odd move to make. Like, I don't know why she would not want to drink milk. I don't know. It's just a small thing. And maybe I'm reading too much into a just completely pointless detail.
0: Possibly. Because then again, a lot of that scene doesn't really matter. There's nothing that's established that isn't established in the next scene. With uh, longer lasting consequences for the rest of the episode. So after this very long milk drinking scene, the mom's washing dishes and she just she just screams like, ah! and so everybody starts running in and they're like all panicked. Like, oh my God, what's going on? And she like turns around and she shows the back of her hand, And she's like liver spots and it's like all that big reaction just because she had liver spots mm-hmm. and the dad's like oh they just look like big freckles and she's like they're ugly liver spots and I'm getting fat and ugly and all you can do is call me pumpkin and you know
1: it's, <laughs> it's cute though because the dad really he just isn't faced by it you know he's just <laughs> like, they just look like freckles honey you know, he's just like completely okay with this like he doesn't care if his wife's getting old it doesn't really matter to him you know And I feel like this is just a little bit of this sort of sweetness almost like the the mom of course is like really angry about this, but she's also been in pain for a while so I guess she's just taking it a little harder, but I just like that the dad is like so cool with this, you know, he really doesn't mind and it's, it's just kind of sweet.
0: So the mom wants to get him to go to the store and he's like, I got to fix the washing machine. She gets upset because, you know, she can't drive there herself because of her foot. And then she storms out of the room and she like pushes Greta out of the way, which hurts her. And she screams, you know, because that's the default reaction to anything in this episode of screaming. But after that, he continues to work on it. And apparently she had gone to the store in some capacity and got vanishing cream. And the next scene we see she's rubbing in vanishing cream. Onto the back of her hands. Actually,
1: assumed he must have gotten it. You know, like maybe he actually. Well, it cuts in her. a
0: weird way that shows he's still working on the washing machine, and she also has the product, so it's like very ambiguous.
1: Yeah, I mean, I well, I don't think it's her because she said she straight up. I mean, realistically,
0: drive. yeah. But the way it's cut doesn't really lend into that. I can
1: only assume that he must have gotten up to get it. You know, maybe they could have cut back to working on the laundry because she already has it, right?
0: They could have cut a little bit out of the milk drinking scene to (laughs) establish he said, Oh, you know what? Okay. And then boom, you know. Mm -hmm. So after that, uh, there's some waffle about whatever. I don't even remember. And we kind of cut to a later scene where grandma is remembering a blanket being in like the kitchen closet or something. Like, first of all, kitchen closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all,
1: maybe she put it there on purpose.
0: I wouldn't put it past the grandma I at this probably rate. did. And then the dad is like, I don't think it's going to be in there. And she points to it and is like, oh, there it is, you know. And then but he also
1: wonders why it got in there. Yeah. Which makes me think she put it on purpose. <laughs>
0: And then he pulls the blanket down, and there's this giant metal pot.
1: It's a hibachi.
0: Yes, we find that out later. But it's just it doesn't. It looks like if you were to mix a slow cooker with a old baby's cradle. That's what it looks like. Because <laughs> it's like got the little feet on the bottom on skis that kind of look like the rocking bed type of things, and. The whole thing comes down, and he, you know, super air quotes, comically slides down with the hibachi on his head.
1: Yeah, like, literally, I mean, it's practically a giant iron anvil, and it lands it on his head.
0: (laughs) And so they all panic, and they're trying to get him to, like, come to his senses, and he's kind of out of it, and, like, everybody's screaming and yelling at each other, and nobody can hear each other, so it prompts everyone to start screaming louder, and then the grandma comes, starts yelling, and then... They call the doctor that apparently lives across the street,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, everybody's still yelling at each other, and they can't hear each other. And, and... it's
1: funny, because the grandma's getting super frustrated that they can't hear. You're like, oh, it's frustrating that they can't hear me. And it's sort of like, oh, like, <laughs> like this whole time, she's like just maliciously glad her family's suffering. You know, oh, now they're getting a taste of what it's like to be me. And it's like, well, now aren't you getting a little taste of what it's like to be then? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just because she's, like, super frustrated that they're, like, having trouble hearing her, which is just weirdly, like, hypocritical. You know, I mean, not that I think that you should be frustrated at someone who can't hear you. That's just, like, you know, it's like, they can't help it. Don't be mad at them. Mm -hmm. Although, I can't really tell if they were ever mad at her. I feel like that might be the reason they stopped paying attention to her at the time because she can never hear them, which, Mm -hmm. again, is really horrible. But... They were never necessarily frustrated at her like she was with them. I don't know. But she has this weird superiority complex over them, I guess. So I don't know. It just makes her so much less sympathetic.
0: And then that's kind of where the the section ends. And then we get to the final scene. Oh, my God. We're almost there. Hmm. So everybody's at the table and everybody's wearing hats. And it feels really pleasant. Like, everybody's kind of happy, and everybody's like, oh, you know, it's final day. It's going to be... Uh, you never really told us what your wish was, Grandma. And then they start rambling on about a story of, like, when the dad was younger. that he, When he was a little boy, he snuck into the theater, and there was somebody there. And, like, they start doing these, like, cartoonish old people voices. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, I remember... when you It's like... Okay, nobody really sounds like that unless you're, like, a talking horse. Mm -hmm. Nobody really talks like that. Yeah, so it just kind of continues on. You kind of get the idea that this is, like, the fast-forward aging process for the rest of them. Yeah. And the grandma's acting the most lucid she has throughout the entire episode. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're, like, arguing over someone who was there. I don't know if it was the person they were trying to see on yeah. stage like the mom and the um dad are like oh it was so-and-so no it was so-and-so you know like they were arguing with neither one can like remember and all the while the little girl is like i feel weird and it's like i don't know it's just really kind of awful because there's also a zoom in on her face and she's like i i feel weird like she looks like she's getting sick um
0: well, it's at this point we realize that she had like one like brown and one green eye yeah
1: she's got like two different color eyes and they're like super obvious like one eye is totally brown and the other eye is like bright green
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then like the grandma ends up saying oh it was me that you got snuck back into the stage to see me and then they kind of continue on with the story about remembering when they were younger and the grandma just kind of like starts humming while also looking like a psychopath
1: yeah she's like humming this old kind of stylus song you know it's how like there's Vaudeville, like yeah yeah with like, like that heavy vibrato and like higher like i want to call it falsetto but that really high pitched and like heavy vibrato kind of sound which i assume is there to sort of show that she's somehow gotten younger like she's much more lucid right like is that like you said And she remembers things a lot more clearly. And she clearly gained a little bit of her, like, singing talent back. Like, she's speaking more more clearly, like, physically, right? And she can sing again. So she's, like, gaining strength from, like, their actual aging process. She's sucking the life out of them.
0: (laughs) So then we get the knock on the door. And then... Uh the grandma goes to get it and the mom is like, Oh, you used your walker, and she just walks up and gets it because now she can walk without the <laughs> aid be really of her walker. Cool if she was
1: doing backflips like the little girl just to the door, just <laughs> flip it over there.
0: And then the and then the guy comes in and he's like, Oh, you ready to, you ready to go? And she's like, Oh, I guess. And
1: she uh, seems a lot more happy about it this time around. He,
0: he was like, well, are the rest of your family gonna go see you off? And they're like, Oh, yeah, I'm thinking they might want to come with me. The humdinger heaven, and then he is guided to the dining room, and you see just a horrified look on his face, and you see that the entire family is now old, <laughs> which I'm just going to say, it. this is not the strongest old people make up. It looks like they got went to the spirit store, bought old man mask, and then just like... Glued it to their faces, yeah. and that's the extent of the quality of the masks.
1: Oh my gosh! And his like facial—he doesn't make a noise, but his facial expression has the same energy as the sound Kronk makes in Emperor's New Grooves when he sees Isma with the like green on her face <laughs> and the little cucumbers in her eyes. <laughs> same energy. Yeah.
0: And then we get the voiceover. She's smiling at her family. She's just just enjoying it. She's lapping up the misery. And she's just like, wishes can come true. And that's where the episode ends. So tell me, Valina, what did you think of this episode?
1: Well, I feel like it's very obvious that I did not like it, so I don't (laughs) think very highly of it. (laughs) However, I'm going to tell you what I honestly think went wrong with this episode. Because honestly, outside of the All of the yelling. This wasn't too bad of an episode in terms of, I guess, just general quality. But the problem is the punishment doesn't fit the crime here. Okay. Because, like, the grandma, she wished that her family would be old, is what it ultimately boils down to. She wished to
0: suffer like she did.
1: Yeah. And it's just really weird. Because I feel like this could have been like a revenge kind of a thing where they were really horrible to the grandma and the grandma gets her revenge or they're really ungrateful and unsympathetic. But they're really not. I mean, they are obnoxious and they can be neglectful, but they're not really doing something that is so egregious that they deserve to lose their youth entirety, or for the two adults, like I think they're like forty or something, as, as much as they have left to just sort of be like pushed into elderlyhood, mm-hmm. I guess. But even from that angle, like okay, it's because they are kicking her out and sending her to this old folks home. Why does the little girl have to suffer? Like she was kind of a brat, but she's also just fourteen years old. Like, like
0: every she's... teenager, <laughs>
1: exactly. And she wasn't even that bad. So I, I don't understand why she had to suffer too. And it seemed like the grandma liked her. Like I, I don't get why she would be so happy with her family's, like, essentially demise, you know? And I just, I can't get behind the grandma because I just can't get behind or sympathize with someone who enjoys the suffering of their family. Oh, yeah. And again, had this been more revenge-based, like, if that was her real goal here, then why not have the family be horrible? Like, at the very beginning, they were kind of leaning that way. With everyone yelling, it's easy to, like, hate them off the bat because of how oh, obnoxious it is to listen to them. But that was, like, just the very beginning. You know, they were being, they were kind of ignoring her. I mean, they were, to be fair, they were all, like, yelling at each other. So it's not like it, this malice was only aimed at the grandma. But as the episode progressed, they're all particularly nice to each other. You know, they still snark. And they actually are going out of their way to be nice to the grandma. But, like, that doesn't... Put me on the grandma's side. Mm-hmm. Like, they they should be doing something that makes me hate them and, like, be happy at their demise. But I don't. Like, I, I see better sides of these people who I'd only thought of as obnoxious at the very beginning. So, at the end, I am, like, against the grandma at this point. And I, I feel like it could have been good, like, if what she wanted was revenge. like. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have, like, been completely unsympathetic to her plight, which would have made it fitting that they have to feel what it is like to be her at the end. And I feel like that's what this episode was kind of trying to aim for. Like, look, now they know what it's like to be old and what it's like to have to physically feel in pain all the time and to have problems with memory. They were horrible for my memory problems and for my hearing problems. And now they know what it's like. They It could have been like that, but they weren't really that awful. Like, it seemed like the grandma was more awful to them for their injuries than they were to her. I mean, granted, I guess you could sort of, like assume they must have been worse, like, maybe the beginning was the entirety of their lives together, but it it really didn't necessarily seem like that, because it was only the beginning that they were all angry at each other, and it seems like that wasn't really how they were like later on, so, ugh, I just, I really hated that whole thing, like, you know, why make the sympathetic character the bad guy at the end, you know, I just... I, I don't know I feel like in a weird way this episode I almost want to call it ageist because it's sort of like being old is the ultimate punishment and this young family like their, their, their punishment is to be old and the grandma is still going to the old folks home but now they're all old and they all are suffering and her like reward I guess is to become more lucid but there is no idea that it's okay to be old, you know? Maybe they could have, like, learned a lesson and been like, yeah, I'm sorry, grandma, or whatever, but there is really none of that. It's just, like, oh, being old is scary. See how bad they are? You know, they turned old at the end, and, like, you know, the grandma got her punishment because old people are evil, I guess. Like, she has magic powers, but, like, it's, like, why? Why make her the bad guy? Like, because she essentially is at the end. Like, she's taking joy from the suffering of her family. And it is literally her magic power, I guess, that is turning her family old, because she's also becoming lucid and stuff. Like, she's gaining energy, or at the very least, happiness. Like, maybe she was just sort of miserable and just now that she's happier, has better control of memory, not control of memory, but can have less symptoms of memory impairment because she feels more in control of her life because she's really happier. But I don't know. It just feels really weird. I just don't know why it went the direction it did. They could have kept her sympathetic if like they made the family like worse, but they didn't. They like went out of their way to show them being nice to one another other than the mom being really angry. But I don't know. I just, I don't like that. <laughs> do you think, Zachy? what do you think about this episode being the way it is? What would you have changed about it to make it better?
0: Um, I think you've already touched upon that, the making <laughs> the family worse. Honestly, I feel like in a hilarious kind of way, and I know this sounds almost like heretical, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering your track record with this episode, but straight up, Word Processor of the Gods did this better, despite it not doing it good totally did the hateable family that gets what they deserve mm. kind of thing. They did it in a much better, more effective way, even though they weren't awful, awful. They still were like consistently bad in the regards for the main character. Like we don't see that they're actually really good people outside of mm-hmm. him or whatever. And then he just makes them disappear for, cause he don't like them and he revels in their misery it's just straightforward with it. Yeah. You know, they don't change. They don't... They're just consistently inconsiderate of him. hmm And then, whatever. But I don't like that episode, regardless. But they did it better there than this episode did with that. And I feel like it might have been to a point, but I don't feel like if it was to a point, they didn't handle it well. And I have to say, it when an episode resorts to a lot of comedy and screaming in a horror series, especially one that takes nuance, like the subject of aging and death, without respect to it, mm-hmm. it really just fumbles. Yeah. And that that's pretty much the essence of this episode, is just bumbling and fumbling throughout its whole plot. It can't do comedy all that well, it can't do seriousness all that well, you can't do old folks' make up all that well.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's weird because, like, it's not even consistent with, like, the grandma character, if you think about it. Because she, throughout the whole episode, like, stereotypically, only really wants to think about when she was young. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's realistic or not. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who think about, you know, the golden days when they were younger. And, of course, I do understand the fact that it's, like, when you grow older, you start hurting more. Like, I'm, like, 30 years old. And, you know, I have a lot of pain, you know, and it's like, dang, I wish I was like 10 when my bones were made out of rubber. But, you know, it's just just part of growing old. That's fine. But like, for her, she didn't want to be young again. She kept thinking about, oh, when I was young, I didn't know I would grow old. You know, she kept saying stuff like that. But she doesn't actually wish to be young again. She just actually wishes that her family was suffering. She wishes her family was old too. And not so they could bond. But just so she can literally be watching them suffer as she's suffering. She wants to see her experience with old age cast upon the one she's related to. The one she is supposed to love. And I feel it doesn't even make sense. It's like, why is she so malicious when her family isn't really... I mean, I guess... I just maybe, I don't know. Maybe she should have just showed more... Before this week, right? Like maybe they were worse, and she's totally in the right to hate her family's guts. But it wasn't really shown because she seemed to care about them, and I know her going to the old folks home hurt her deeply. But it doesn't really put me on her side because they seem to also have reasons. I mean, know like it's half selfish reasons. Okay, don't get me wrong; they're kind of selfishly putting her in there as well, but. This is also kind of, like, mainly triggered, like, okay, the next day he's got to come over. Because she almost fell and hurt herself. You know, she's been experiencing all these mental impairments, uh, memory impairments, I mean. And she almost fell and hurt herself. So it's sort of, like, on top of their selfish reasons that makes them want to put her there. So it's not like they're just pure evil. You know, they're, like, half, right? Not evil. Half selfish. And also half looking out for her. And... If they had leaned harder on the, like, oh, look, they're really selfish jerks, it would have worked so much more in this episode, but it doesn't. And I, I just don't understand, like, why you went in this direction, you know, why she didn't just wish to be young again, mm-hmm. you know?
0: <clears throat> and that's something I actually wanted to touch upon really quickly as a nice little educational bit, because this is an educational show, I guess, where the difference between envy and jealousy... Jealousy would be the grandma wishing to be young again to be like her family. Envy is wishing that the rest of her family was old like her so they can suffer like how she does. That's the difference between Envy and Jealousy. So she goes the envious route as opposed to the jealous route, which honestly makes her a far worse person. After all, Envy is one of the seven deadly sins For a reason. It is highly malicious. And it just doesn't make sense for how the rest of the episode plays out. Like, if that wish happened at the end of the episode, after a long period of time of the family just being awful to her, and then jump to the end of that week after presumably more horrible stuff happening, and then all of them turning old at the end of it, to kind of make it feel like they deserve it without Mm -hmm. seeing like this weird middle ground of them acting normal and suffering and her enjoying it and like bringing them up and her down in terms of morality of characters. Mm -hmm. It really, really does a 180 on the characterization and by the end of it, you hate the grandma and you don't want this to happen to the family.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like This would have been improved a lot had that little girl not had to suffer along. It's like, I know she's part of the family and, oh, she must be punished too because she's the youngest and the most athletic and therefore her youth needs to be taken from her more, you know, like how teenagers need to die in slasher films. It's like, if you're young and, like, stupid, then you have to be extra punished. But, like, she's like a kid. Like, why does she have to be punished? And this is, like, the biggest problem is that... The revenge part would feel a little bit more justified if it was just the parents because they are the only ones that are actually responsible for moving the grandma to the old folks home to begin with. Okay, like they're the adults in the situation. They are the ones in control of this. The little girl is just going along with it. What is she going to do? You know, and it's just also weird because the grandma seems to actually like the little girl in the beginning. She calls her pumpkin. She wants to pay for dancing lessons, but It just kind of feels like she just wants to, like, live vicariously through the little girl. Because she doesn't want her to eat food she doesn't want her to eat. She doesn't want her to dress the way she wouldn't have dressed. You know, like, she just wants to be the little girl.
0: Except for the exact moment where she decides she doesn't want that and wants her to suffer.
1: Exactly. And it's like, it just, that is really the key part that makes the grandma look particularly malicious. It's like, that little girl did nothing at all to deserve this. She didn't have a part in getting the grandma out to the old folks' home. She just represents to the grandma what she isn't. Like, look at all that youth that could be mine that the girl is using to do things I don't want to do. She must suffer for it. And it's just, I don't know, it just makes her the villain. When this could have been an opportunity to, like, make the plight of elderly people, like, more sympathetic and, like, make it, I I mean, not that it isn't, But I feel like a lot of people have that view that old people are, like, useless and nagging and all this stuff. Like, she was at the beginning, you know? But also at the beginning, it showed how helpless she was in her own home because they were all not paying attention to her. And, like, having this, you know, cute scene with the paper towels, you know? And it's just, like she has very little autonomy in her own home you know and and even in her own mind because she can't remember where things are and it's just like heartbreaking and like she doesn't have a control of what happens to her physically like they they are controlling the fact that she is going to be moving from her own home into the the old folks home you know and this is like stuff that hurts even as like a younger person, having to watch because it's like, you know, makes me feel bad for her. And instead of like leaning harder on trying to show, hey, you know what, like maybe you shouldn't be treating your own grandparents or your own elderly family members, they are a burden. You know, maybe you should be more appreciative of them. Instead of going that way, which the beginning kind of does, it goes as, oh, but you know, she's also evil and enjoys her family's suffering. And it just makes her the villain. And I just, I don't, understand why they would have gone in this direction and that, that like really makes me angry and yeah this episode sucks I hate it
0: <laughs> yeah, so what just one last question before we move on to the next thing why magic happening why just because okay that works for me because it, it really does feel like that was like an afterthought
1: because it just the power of the family's I don't know guilt slash love and the grandmother's hurt and like betrayal goes into just creating a magical moment where she's able to exact a very undeserved revenge on this whole family, I guess.
0: Okay, so uh, I I feel like I already got a grasp on what you're going to rate this and the, uh, the star ratings, but where would you place it on a five-star scale?
1: Mm, I gotta think about this. Like...
0: Do you want a little extra time to think? I can tell you what my opinion on it yes, is. Yes, tell me your opinion. I do not recommend. <laughs> this is an episode you will be happier to not have to watch and hear secondhand about than actually watching it yourself. It is not a good episode to watch and really understand Tales from the Dark Side, unless you're just trying to watch all the episodes with guys who look like Trevor Rockmonic in it. Other than that, you're not really getting much out of this, and uh, you gotta gotta have an aspirin to really tackle this episode.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna rate this uh, one and a half star. It probably is a little harsh. The production quality and the acting is just fine i i do appreciate the casting and i do appreciate like how normal everything is i mean for the family dynamics i mean but ultimately i absolutely like hate the message of this i i I, I hate that they took something that could have helped garner like sympathy and like empathy for the elderly and people with uh, memory impairments as opposed to like going into a more positive route they just straight up make the old person, the evil villain, and age the punishment. And it just is such a downer, and it, like, makes me, like, so mad in, like, a hurt way. And I just, I don't know. I just, I really just hate that, and it and it makes me mad. So it gets one and a half star. It may not be the actual, like, worst episode of this series, but I, I really am gonna rate it low because I just personally hate it.
0: So, Valina, now that we've finally crawled out of the trenches, that is Grandma's Last Wish. What is our next adventure?
1: <laughs> well, our next episode is the last episode of season one. Ooh. And uh, I really kind of can't wait for it. It's called The False Prophet. Or perhaps just False Prophet. No, it's
0: The False Prophet. Okay, The
1: False Prophet. And it is so wildly uncomfortable. Okay, <laughs> like... I mean, this there's a woman who's getting like sexually harassed by a freaking vending machine. Okay, like <laughs> it, it is so uncomfortable. But I I have to say this: the said vending machine has like my favorite slimy voice type. Okay, like just think of like slimy voice who's like slightly. New Jersey, you know, Jersey accented kind of like a dude. I just, I love it. It's just such a slimy sounding kind of a mannerism and I, I can't get enough of it. And it's just such a bizarre episode. Like I, I watch it and it's like, this is terrible. But I also kind of love it for the character. She's so sympathetic in a weird way like when I and I hate to say this oh you know what I don't want to get too far into it I'm going to get into it okay I love it I hate it it has Nancy's mom from Nightmare on Elm Street I cannot wait to talk about it
0: yeah Um, where this episode was bad in a bad way that episode is kind of bad in a good way, like in a really good way.
1: Yeah, like it's just so – I can't wait to talk about it. We will not hopefully take forever to do the next episode because I really want to get to it. I really want to watch this freaking horrible episode for my mind and put another horrible, wonderful episode in. So uh, hopefully, we, like I said, we won't take like another hundred years to get to our next episode. So, uh that's pretty much all for now. Any closing thoughts, Saki?
0: Grandma bad. Ye. <laughs> <laughs> so, Valina, if you want to put yourself in a home, how do you go about doing that?
1: Well, I guess I could always sign the papers that you send me to our email at thishousepodcast.gmail.com. At And then after that, I'll have to look at the pictures from the various nursing homes via the This House podcast at Instagram so I can see what kind of activities that they do at those
0: homes. Please rate and review us on iTunes.com and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. It is a humdinger heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for tonight's episode. So, listeners... Before we wither away to old age. Get get out of our house. House. <laughs> Put you in a box floating down the river, Grandma! You're probably right. You people are crazy! I'm getting out of here!